the more you play with people, the more you get used to their position, you get used to their movements, and obviously you build chemistry. Did it take long to build the chemistry with Shane Walsh then? No, didn't take long at all. <laughs> Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports You're very welcome back to Off The Ball On this Sunday afternoon Coming up to half past three And it's Aidan Delaney standing in for Joe Malloy For this hour And we will be joined by John Anderson The BBC Radio Newcastle commentator And of course a former Republic of Ireland international as well He'll join us very shortly to talk about the Magpies And their exit from the FA Cup last night Um, But we are joined in studio by our own commentator uh, Stephen Doyle to look at some of the other big stories From the FA Cup so far And Stephen we're watching a game at the minute here 68 minutes on the clock And it looks like another bit of magic may be coming in the FA Cup Cardiff 2-1 up on Leeds Yes but um, Leeds have got the latest goal Aidan so um Bit of a comeback here by the Whites. Uh, it's a real, it's a classic clash, isn't it? Cardiff against Leeds, uh, two clubs that uh, the supporters don't really like each other too much. Um, but uh, there was two uh, very good goals scored by Cardiff in the first half to give them a two 0 lead at the break. Um, Jesse Marsh, the Leeds boss, he didn't like he did make a few changes, but he's got a very strong team out there. But um, he's brought on Rodrigo uh, Weber and Drama. Um, Nanto uh, was injured in that uh, earlier on but uh, he does look okay their new signing he's playing in the number 10 role there but uh, Rodrigo the man who came on the air mark um, is the man to get that goal to half the deficit so 2-1 to Cardiff still but uh, still about 20 minutes or so to go in that game and listen, we were talking about it earlier on in the news round and everybody asks at this time of year, is the magic of the FA Cup gone? Were you swayed by the, the Wrexham scenes, the Hollywood story there or, or Sheffield Wednesday's win last night? Did that spark that magic in you or does it have to be more than that? I think the magic's coming back. I really think the FA Cup um, is having a bit of a resurgence over the last maybe two or three years. Um, there definitely was maybe, I think, probably a good decade where the competition really did sort of seem to lose its way a bit. But I do feel that... Um, you know, I think it's 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 very hard or maybe difficult for people living in this part of the world to maybe grasp how important the FA Cup is to clubs, even in the Championship, but also in League One, League Two, non-league. We might see as many non-league sides doing well as we would have many years ago. But you look at Chesterfield. Chesterfield yesterday were on the verge of knocking out West Brom 3-2 up. Um, very very late on and then West Brom got an equaliser helped a little bit by the introduction of the two Irish internationals Darrow Shea and Jason Malumby but Chesterfield now will take 3,500 supporters down to uh, West Brom um, for the replay and you never know Um, I think it's brilliant Um, yesterday there was a couple of great games I think it's great for Irish supporters as well even if you are only watching on TV across Saturday yesterday we had the, the debut of Andy Lyons mm-hmm. for Blackpool um, playing alongside a fellow international uh, Irish international well, I should say CJ Hamilton has got one senior cap um, he scored in uh, Blackpool's big big win against Nottingham Forest albeit Forest many changes to their side uh, Mark McGuinness who we'll talk about maybe a bit with uh, John Anderson was I thought imperious for Sheffield Wednesday in their victory against Newcastle United so it's always great to see a couple of the Irish players doing well a former Bowes man Promise Omashir yes. scoring the winner for Fleetwood Town that's back to back games he scored in for Fleetwood under Scott Brown of course the former Celtic captain 
Um, so brilliant for them. So I, I definitely think uh, people are starting to come back around to the FA Cup a little bit. Um, there's definitely a lot of, and I think as well, it help, what helps is the quality of football we're seeing played in the lower leagues, the quality of the pitches as well. You know, we might see a few um, that aren't up to standard or the Premier League standard. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think there is still, to, to use the cliche, a bit of magic left in the cup. Yeah, absolutely. And it's time now to bring in John Anderson. Uh, he's obviously on the ground there in England and he can tell us a bit more. Uh, John, do you still feel that there is a, a bit of magic in this cup? Yeah, I think so, especially after the way uh, the game went at Hillsborough last night. I mean, I was there. Um, 26,000, that atmosphere was unbelievable. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, now 17 games unbeaten. Um, it, was a, it was a typical FA Cup tie. There was plenty of passion about it. Um, plenty of tackles flying around. Um, yes, so I agree that the the magic of the FA Cup is probably reappearing after it, it disappeared for a little while. And we were talking earlier in the news round, Steve-O, about how maybe it's not so much the FA Cup losing its magic, but more that the, the League Cup has actually gained popularity and prestige in recent years, that maybe there is actually you know two competitions fighting for our attention now. Yeah, definitely. I think, Joe, made a very good point in, in that chat that uh, the League Cup games are, are played midweek and perhaps people who are big fans of League football want to see their teams playing in the league at the weekends and perhaps you know the FA Cup uh, disturbing that uh, is uh, you know maybe something that they don't enjoy but um, it was interesting I was just looking uh, looking up uh, trying to find out a bit of info on John and his own uh, involvement in, in the FA Cup over the, the last uh, or I suppose to the 80s and 90s but uh, John I did stumble across and I was interested to get your take on this we know Eddie Howe made eight changes uh, for the, the match last night against Sheffield Wednesday and I know you were quite cr- critical over the years I, I was looking at a particular um criticism you had of John Carver maybe about seven years ago Newcastle went out of the cup against Leicester City and rightly so you were saying that look he shouldn't have made so many changes I'd imagine you were a little bit disappointed when you saw the starting team last night at Hillsborough Yeah it was um, I, I, I expected them to make changes because we've, we've got a huge game on Tuesday night you know you, t- you spoke about the League Cup there and we've got a, a quarter final home tie against Leicester on Tuesday night um, I thought he would have made made changes. I didn't expect him to make as many changes as he did. To be fair, um, you know he brought a lot of fringe players in. Um, you know it was good to see Isaac get forty five minutes. You know he's been he's been missing for a while uh, through injury. Thought he played well in the forty five minutes that he was on. But I think if anything, it proved to us last night that what we've got below are, I suppose, twelve thirteen players. Um, probably isn't going to isn't going to be good enough to get us where we want to be. But disappointed last night, yeah, because it's not as if you're looking over your shoulder in the league and you're in a relegation battle. You know, the, the season has gone unbelievably well. Um, six clean sheets in the, the last six games prior to last night. Um, Quarter final of the League Cup. I think he could have put a stronger side out. Um, I think fans will be disappointed with that. But look at it, fair play to Sheffield Wednesday. You know, they they gave it all they had. Two good finishes as well. Mm. Um, you know, two decent finishes. But yeah, disappointment because I, I still, as I said, I think the FA Cup and the magic of it is coming back a little bit. And I still as as good as the League Cup is, you know, it it's still the minor cup. You know, the FA Cup is still the one cup in this country that you still want to win. 
Yeah, and it, it does still have the prestige and, of course, the history with it as well. But uh, you mentioned there you're not looking over your your uh, your shoulder in the league for in terms of relegation, and that's one reason why you might put out a lesser team uh, to kind of you know keep your your top players fresh. And when you look at that Newcastle side last night, it was maybe mainly the B team, but still an awful lot of quality there. But uh, do you think that Eddie Howe will be actually you know will he be looking at this result and saying, listen, we're battling on all fronts here at the minute. Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if we were to go out now. Possibly, yeah. I mean, look, the, the the way the league has gone this season, you know, they've only lost once in the league this season, and that was in controversial circumstances at Liverpool, uh, when they really should have got something out of the game. Um, you know, I think the the recruitment's been been brilliant. Trippy has been sensational since coming in. The boy Botman, the Dutch centre back, big, strong, quick, looks a real, real quality player, and of course. Um, Bruno Guimaraes in midfield, Brazilian boy. He's he's been sensational. So they've bought really well. Um, I, I've already mentioned mentioned Isak, who's a club record signing at sixty million. Um, he's been he's been hampered by injury a little bit, but he got forty five minutes. And he left all well. He left all of them bar Botman out last night. Botman mm. played at the back. Um, but you could see without them in the side, without your Trippiers, without your your Guimaraes in there. We lack that little bit of quality. Um, and look, everybody wants to qualify for the Champions League. We we know that the Premier League is the bread and butter. It means everything to uh, to managers and owners. And if we could qualify for a Champions League spot, it would be a great season. Look, and as I said, we've got the the quarterfinal of the League Cup on on Tuesday night against against Leicester. So all in all, it's been a good season. Yesterday was disappointing. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think anybody can 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 complain about where we are at this moment in time. When you when you consider where we were at this stage last season, you know we looked like we were we were relegation fodder. We looked certain to go down. Um, so we've come a long, long way in the space of twelve months. He brought Trippier on the second half, John, and yeah. um, we know that partnership he has with Miguel Amaron down that right hand yeah. side has been a huge part of Newcastle's success. And I kind of got the feeling last night watching that game, if he'd probably brought Trippier on maybe 10 minutes earlier, they might have got that equaliser or even a winner to send them through to the next round. Possibly, yeah. I mean, he brought Bruno um, Trippier and uh, Almiron on. And it's those three down that right side. And Almiron links up well with Bruno because he drifts in off that right side, plays little balls with us with with his left foot, and um, Gimer just plays so many quality one touch uh, finishes. It's brilliant, um, you know. So all in all, it's we we lack there. I, I honestly think if they'd have played, we would have won the game. Just to remind you that uh, Football on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. You can watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports at BT Sport and Premier Sports as well. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Alexander Isak. He came back in yesterday. He was supposed to be the main man up front and, as you mentioned, spent a lot of money on him. And we know he can score on the biggest stage as well. He regularly puts them in for, for Sweden. So his injury has halted his progress so far. But did you see yeah. enough from him last night to think, that yeah, this is somebody we can rely on down the stretch? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was always in Eddie 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 Howe's mind just to give him forty five minutes last night. I thought uh, for somebody who'd been out so long, I thought he came in, played well, looked sharp, uh, quick. Um, probably should have scored. Uh, had a header that was a little bit too close to the keeper, 
Um, but you, you probably put that down to a little bit of rustiness. It'll be interesting to see what he does when both him and Wilson are fit because I don't think he will change as far the way that he plays. He likes to play 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, so where does he fit Isak and Wilson? Do, how can he fit both of them into the side? It's going to be really interesting to see what he does. John, just uh, to get your opinion as well on one of the Sheffield Wednesday players, I think uh, a lot of Wednesday fans might say he was their man of the match last night, but uh, it's a young Irish defender, 22-year-old Mark McGuinness, a man who left Arsenal a couple of seasons ago to go to Ipswich to get some regular games, then he ended up with Cardiff, and he's on loan now in League One with Sheffield Wednesday. There's talk he perhaps might be called back by Cardiff this month, but... uh, Give us your thoughts on his performance and maybe if you agree with some of the thinking out there that this is a fellow who could be playing in the Premier League over the next couple of years. Um, I thought he did well from a defensive point of view. Uh, you know, it, it, it looked like it was when we got on top second half, it was the type of game that really suited him down to the ground. You know, he likes the tackle, he likes to head it. Uh, not the best on the ball. You wouldn't say that he, he, he enjoys being on the ball and, and playing out from the back. But from a defensive point of view, he was really, really solid. Um, you know, he got some big blocks in, good good tackles, re- read the game well. Um, but as I said, I suppose the one criticism would be he's probably not the quickest. Uh, we got in behind once or twice and um, didn't seem to have a, gre- have a great deal of pace. But from a defensive point of view, he defended really, really well. Uh, as far as playing in the Premier League going forward, I think look at I think a lot of Premier League defenders now, and, and especially centre backs. I think when you look at all the stats, centre backs probably have the most passes than any other player uh, in the teams. And as I say, he didn't look great on the ball. He didn't look comfortable on the ball. So whether he can take that step up the Premier League, we'll have to wait and see on that one. And just uh, to go back to Newcastle there and in a more general point with a sudden rise like they've had over the last year there will always be the begrudgers really and I suppose Newcastle were always going to be prepared for the for the abuse they were going to get over the Saudi money and stuff like that but uh, more recently there's been some accusations of a little bit of uh, what you might call S-housery um, this is a team that doesn't really mind the rough and tumble they will go yeah. down when the, the opportunity arises uh, something that was brought up this week was David Dean talking about how there was only 54 minutes of actual playtime in the Arsenal game the other night so uh, is that not a way for an underdog team to be though should they not be scrappy and using everything to their advantage look at I I think you've got to use whatever's whatever's in your armory to to get results I mean we went to Arsenal the other night Uh, Arsenal had plenty of the ball Um, we defended really really well Uh, yes there was a I suppose you could say there was the dark arts came into it Uh, we broke the game up whenever we could but Arsenal hadn't dropped a point at home all season in the Premier League. It was the first time they hadn't scored a goal in the Premier League all season. It's up to them to go and break you down. Similar to, we played Leeds here the week before and Leeds did exactly the same to us and it was nil-nil. And we lost our rags with them the same way that Arsenal did with us because they broke the game up. They kept going down, um, you know, and we didn't like it and we couldn't break them down either. You know, so I think you've got to use what's at your disposal. Uh, and if we'd have gone to Arsenal and played a real open game and got beaten 2 nothing, and everybody would have went, oh, that was great. That was brilliant. But it doesn't do us any favours. You know, it was up to Arsenal as the home side to come and try and break us down. They had plenty of the ball, but 
Nick Pope's only had two saves to make in the game. Mm. You know, so it's it's up to them to be able to find a way to to get in and score goals, and they couldn't do it. And I don't think I don't think Arteta helped his players either by his his antics on the touchline. I think his players got involved in it as well. Instead of concentrating on the game, they got more involved with us. Um, and there was a lot of pushing and shoving went on. But look, at we did the same at everywhere we've been this season to the top clubs. We did it at Liverpool. Okay, okay we lost because the referee added more time on and fair dues to him for doing that. Uh, we did it at Spurs. We did it at Manchester United. Uh, we did it against Chelsea and beat them as well. You know, So it's something that's, yeah, it's there. Um, and we use it well. And if it helps us get results... I don't think any other manager would have problems with it either. Just interested to get your take, John, on Eddie Howe as well, because there seems to be, I suppose, divided opinion. Some people say, well, you know, he is a good coach. He's proved himself in the in the Premier League with Bournemouth, albeit getting relegated eventually, but did keep him up for a couple of seasons at a very small club who he, he basically took back to the top level. Um, and that he is a good coach. He can coach players well. There's also a viewpoint that perhaps... You know, he did get a lot of money to spend over the last sort of 12 months, January and the summer transfer window. And that he has been helped by, by that. They have a bit of an advantage over the rest of the clubs because of the Saudi money coming into the club. How good is Eddie Howe how, as a manager? How how far do you think he can take this Newcastle team? Uh, look, I, I think if you're going on a calendar year um, and manager of the year was being voted for now, he'd get it hands down. Um, you know, because when when he took over the football club, uh, it just wasn't on the pitch. There was so much wrong fundamentally with the football club, um, and the whole the whole nature of the club has changed since he came in. We looked dead and buried. We looked odds on to be relegated. We ended up finished finishing eleventh. Um, so from a footballing point of view. What the job he's done has been remarkable, and I know you say that he's he's had money to spend, but they've spent that money really, really wisely. You know, as I said, I mentioned Botman earlier, Trippier, uh, Bruno. They brought Dan Bourne in from um, Brighton as well, and he's been playing left back, and he's not a natural left back, but he does a job. Um, and Isak came in, was sensational against Liverpool on his debut, and okay, he's picked up those injuries, and he was back yesterday. But I don't think you can give Eddie Eddie Howe enough credit for what he's done. You know, he's turned a football club that was dead on its feet. Nobody wanted to go and watch watch the games. A lot of people were just going be, for the sake of going. There was no smiles on on people's faces. They weren't looking forward to games. That's all turned around in the space of 12 short months, you know. So I honestly can't give the guy enough credit, you know. I, I, I think he's got a he's got a group of players together who have bought into what he wants them to do. Um, they work their socks off. Uh, they're all in it together. They fight for each other. So I, I can't give Eddie Howe enough credit. I had doubts when he first came in because when you looked at Bournemouth, the job that he did at Bournemouth was great, but they leaked goals left, right, and centre. Uh, now the sabbatical he had when he left, he left Bournemouth. He, he obviously travelled, he travelled Europe. He went to different, different clubs. He 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 picked up on uh, different coaching methods and one thing and another. Um, and defensively this season, they've got the best defensive record in the Premier League. They've conceded less goals than anybody. As I say, in the last six prior to last night, they they kept six consecutive clean sheets. 
Um, so the job he's done is remarkable. His He's the first in in the morning. He's the last to leave at night. He's he's methodical in everything that he does. You know, one game finishes and he gets straight on to the next one um, and watches watches videos, watches games. Um, really, really methodical in everything that he does in his preparation. His players know exactly what the opposition are all about. You know, he le- he leaves no stone unturned. Um, I, I just think the job he's done has been absolutely remarkable. And you're rightfully full of praise for him. And, and like you say, I'd probably agree with you that he probably is manager of the year so far. But uh, to be a bit negative, I suppose, when you look at where they are in the league and, and what kind of resources they have available to them, what would be a disappointing season for Newcastle now? Is, you know, even if they manage to get a fifth place finish, would that be disappointing? Are you just happy with any European football next year? Uh, what would you classify as as success now and, and the other side um, is, you know, disappointment. If, if we could finish in a European spot, I'd be absolutely delighted. Uh, and even if we didn't finish in a, in a European spot, I wouldn't be too disappointed because the football that we've watched this season has just been a breath of fresh air. It's been brilliant. Obviously, if you didn't finish in a European spot, I would be disappointed because of where we are at, at, at this moment in time. But I just think the progress that we've made has been, has been brilliant. You know, if, if, if you'd have said to any Newcastle fan, um, second week in January, first week in January, end of the first week in January, that you're going to be sat toward in the Premier League they, at this stage last season, they, they would have taken your hands off. They would have laughed at you and thought you were, uh, you weren't a full shilling, you know. But, but it's, and I honestly think that there'd be a few supporters who, if we didn't finish in a European spot, would be really disappointed. But as I say, you've got to remember where we've come from. And I said when he first took over and after last season that it was baby steps, but we've took we've took giant steps really to be where we are. Um, would I be disappointed if we didn't finish in a European spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be. But then I'd, I'd, I'd look at the bigger picture, you know, and say, well, hey, look, where we've come from and what we've achieved this season. You know, we've got a, a quarter-final against Leicester on Tuesday night. You win that at home, sell-out crowd again. Uh, you've then got a two-legged semi-final, and you never know. You know, you, you, it could be come the end of the season, you could be in a Champions League spot, and you may well have won a League Cup, you know, and nobody would have ever predicted that at the start of the season. So, look, whatever we achieve this season, wherever we finish, is a huge, huge, huge improvement from where we've come from. Newcastle's next few fixtures, Leicester in the League Cup, as you say, Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham and Bournemouth. So not yeah. bad, you might imagine, for, no. for where they are at the minute. But then, you know, that's when the real test comes. It's Liverpool, then Brighton, then City. So how important is it that Howe doesn't let this little bit of a wobble that they've had recently, only one goal in in, in three games, and, and yeah. that was kind of a, a consolation goal. So how does how make sure that this little wobble doesn't affect morale? Because, you know, you'll need to be getting at least, you know, you'd be hoping for maximum points for those next four or five games. Yeah, you would be. I mean, you know, look at, we went to Leicester, um, on Stevens's day, and I would have taken a point there, and we won three nothing, and we were we were magnificent, we were brilliant, um, and then we played Leeds, and we drew at St James's here, and we drew nil nil, uh, and people were disappointed. But if you if you had flipped it and said that you'd have taken a point at uh, at Leicester and beaten Leeds, you know everybody would have been over the moon with it. But you're right, yeah. Um, the point at Arsenal was massive. You know, it, it was huge to be, to be the first 
side to stop them scoring and be the first side to take a point from the Emirates as well. You know, I think everybody would have accepted that before kickoff. But now we've got to kick on again. You know, we've got to get over the disappointment of last night. Um, we've got fo- we've got two home games now, as you say, Leicester in the Cup and 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 Fulham next uh, next weekend. Um, he's one of these managers as well who just you know it's the oldest cliche in the book. He just takes it one game at a time. He prepares mm-hmm. for one game and then move on to the next. But yeah, I, I think there is. You look at the games that we've got coming up. I think you've got to get set yourself a points target and hope that you reach that um, because. After the next four, I think they, they get a little bit tougher. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, I think if you were to get nine points out of the next four, I think you, you, you'd be you'd probably be more than happy with that. If you, if you could get more, all well and good. Mm. Um, but, look, at, as I say, where we are, uh is 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 great if we can if we can improve on it all well and good you know people are talking about arsenal and 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 city and rightly so i, I still think manchester city will win the league but you know we're not out of it you know yeah. we're definitely not out of it but the problem we've got is that we need to make sure that our key players don't get injured you know the likes of trippier gimaresh we're only getting isak back wilson is a little bit fragile as well if you were to lose a couple of them or even three of them you're, we're, we're in big big trouble uh, as that showed last night because the depth that we've got in the squad just isn't good enough John just to uh, mention there as well that uh, Aidan mentioning the fixtures I suppose one of the interesting ones there from an Irish perspective is uh, the 25th of February on Brighton go to Newcastle uh, we'll be hoping that Evan Ferguson is going to be in the Brighton team he had another good performance for them yesterday yeah. as they uh, dumped Middlesbrough out of the cup but he's had a, a really big impact uh, in that Brighton team in the Premier League as well what has been your own impressions of him and I suppose from a you know all about uh, young Irish players coming through at English clubs uh, yeah. what, how do you think it's going to go from over the next few months he looks a player, there's no doubt about it. You know, he looks a level-headed young fellow as well. Uh, big, strong, got a bit of pace about him as well. It, it's still very, very early days. And I think the, the problem, well, not so much the problem, but I think from an Irish perspective, when we get somebody, because we haven't had too many players who you go, oh, he's going to, he's a top, top player. And all of a sudden you get one or two breaking through. And I think we put a little bit too much pressure on them because that expectation level rises. Um, you know, you could say that you could say it about another boy who was at, at Brighton Connolly. You know, everybody thought he was going to be the next great thing. He, he started so well. And then uh, we've seen how things can go wrong, you know. So I don't think we should put too much pressure on this boy. But reading an article about him yesterday, funnily enough, um, one of his uh, coaches when he was used to come over for s- summer holidays and that uh, spoke lonely about him, you know, said he's, he thinks he's a boy who's got a big, big future in the game and he could, he could go on to great things. I mean, obviously that would be great for himself, but it'd be great for Irish football as well, because we need something to hang on to at the moment because we haven't got too many superstars in, in the national side. Um, but, Look, he's he's 18 years of age. He's he's got a huge career ahead of him, and fingers crossed that it goes really well. But at the moment, you know, it's real early days for him. But he looks like he could be a real player. And there's a couple as well that uh, 
did pretty good for Wolves last night as well, John, yeah. because uh, they drew 2-2 with Liverpool yeah. at Anfield. A brilliant result for them and it gives them a big chance to uh, to try and knock Liverpool out at the Molyneux, of course, the cup holders. But Joe Hodge is getting a good run under their new yeah. manager, Hulan Lopetegui. And we know Nathan Collins, um, he's almost become a mainstay in that Wolves defence, or mid-defence, I should say, yes. Yeah. But again, another couple of good Irish players playing in the Premier League. Yeah, that's what we need. You know, we, we need more players in the Premier League. Um, fr- from an international point of view, most definitely. You know, obviously we've got Bazuma at Southampton, the goalkeeper. Uh, he's had a couple of dodgy moments this season, but he, he, he's still a top, top keeper. Um, the boy Hodge, uh, I thought, yeah, thought he did okay, did did well enough. But hopefully he can break into that Wolves side. Collins, as you mentioned, seems a mainstay in that back four. Um, I thought he played really well last night. I thought he defensively he was good. Um, I thought he was good on the ball as well. So the future looks bright. You know, you, you keep your fingers crossed that these boys can break in and and get into the side, in, in, into Premier League sides and stay there and become regulars in there because that will only benefit the, the the international side going forward. The more you play with people, the more you get used to their position, you get used to their movements, and obviously you build chemistry. Did it take long to build the chemistry with Shane Walsh then? No, didn't take long at all. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts.